Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. I'm your host, DJ TLM, and this is an episode in between seasons. I just wanted to drop an episode. Now, this is going to be an uncut, unedited episode because right now I just don't have any means to do this the way I normally do it. I'm still dealing with some computer issues, but I still want to make sure I can drop some info. The reason I started my YouTube channel, DJTLM TV, is the same reason I started this podcast. I receive a lot of different questions, individual questions, and I know for a fact that the person asking the question is not the only one dealing with that issue or who has that question in mind. So by putting it out on YouTube, or in this case, the podcast, Hopefully, I can help out a lot more people by just sharing these answers here. So if this is your first time listening, it is a Q&A show. I answer DJ-related questions, and sometimes I'll just share my two cents about a certain topic, maybe a new device that's being released or just came out, you name it. Uh, if you want to ask a question for a future episode, just send me an email, share the knowledge at djtlm.com. And for all my info, you can check djtlm.com as well. So I have a bunch of questions straight from Instagram, from my DMs, and I'm going to get straight into those questions right now. First question, bro, thanks for freely sharing so much DJ insight. I'm 52 and recently dusted off the 12s I brought back in, uh, bought back in 93 before wife and kids. Been going pretty hard in my basement to make up for years of lost time and wore out my M44 needles. Would you recommend phase? Thanks so much. Yeah, man, that will happen with needles. I've uh, gone through so many needles myself as well. And I am currently using Phase. I would most definitely recommend Phase. Now, I know when it comes to Phase, there have been a lot of different stories, a little bit of controversy. Um, when they had their their pre-launch, people could pre-order. Um, people did not get their orders as soon as they were expecting. Uh, the company just had to kind of um, go into overdrive because the demand was so high, but they wanted to make sure they got some of the issues that you will have with new equipment out the way now some people got their phase and they were having issues other people had no issues now since then they've come out with i think three at least three firmware updates covering all sorts of issues and to be honest i have not had any issues with the set that i'm using and i've talked to plenty of djs who have not had issues either but there are still some people posting that they're dealing with uh, q drift uh not many issues left actually so q drift is the only one i hear people talk about i have not experienced that myself yet now i haven't used phase like a bunch but i've done a couple of sets and for me, it is the perfect solution. I've said this on plenty of occasions when I first heard about Phase. I felt this was the game changer, like one of the biggest game changers in years. And using it, I definitely stand by that. Now, if you're not familiar with Phase at all, this is basically a wireless solution to use DVS, to use your digital vinyl system so for instance if you're using serato you have your control vinyl you use that on your turntables the signal from your turntables would normally go to a serato interface that could be a separate audio interface or you would use a mixer that had the audio interface built in 
So for instance, one of the more current mixers that has that would be like a DJM S9 by Pioneer or Rain 72 mixer. They have an audio face, uh, interface built in. So you connect your turntables, the signal from the control vinyl goes into that audio interface and that's connected via USB to your computer and the Serato software can read the movement of your control vinyl, thus it lets you control the songs in your DJ software through that vinyl. The thing with phase is it kind of eliminates a lot of things that could cause issues because you're no longer relying on the signal coming from a turntable. You don't even have to use control vinyl anymore. And if you're not familiar with control vinyl, that is actually vinyl that has like a tone uh, pressed on it. If you just play it and you would hear the audio, you would just hear a beep, a long tone. Uh, you don't need that if you're using phase. With phase, you just have two small transmitters that you place on top of any vinyl. So it doesn't have to be control vinyl. And the movement of those transmitters is transmitted to the phase receiver and that is connected to your computer and Serato can just read the movement of whatever vinyl you're using straight from phase. So you're not depending on your needles anymore. You're not depending on the quality of the turntable. So if the turntable has a faulty tone arm that's not really stable anymore, You'll never notice that because you're not using your tone arm when you're using phase. You're not using your needles when you're using phase. You only have those transmitters placed on top of the vinyl. So with needles, if you bring your own needles, well, most of the times, hopefully they will be dependable. But I've had plenty of times that I was using a needle that I've been using for a while and that they would break. So your needles could break. There could be something wrong with the tone arm. It could be an older turntable and the RCA cables might not be in the best shape so the signal could still be distorted. I've had all sorts of issues over the years with DVS just by using turntables that were not up to par or having a bad needle, a bad stylus, you name it. With phase, the only thing you need to count on is phase transmitting the signal and that is working really well. And with their latest uh, update, now I think they only announced it at NAM. I don't think it's officially available yet, but I might be mistaken. Um, they are now even collaborating with Serato more close than uh, they were before. And um, they changed a feature so that you don't even need to use RCA cables anymore. Um, this is probably a little hard to explain over the podcast. Uh, I'll do a video to talk about that later on, but you can find the information if you look for Phase Serato. Um, but anyway, they're improving constantly. That's what I really like about this. They know about the things that people are dealing with when they had issues, came out with firmware, came out with more firmware updates, more firmware updates, and they just handle every problem. So would I recommend Phase? I guess you understand by now. Yes, I'm recommending Phase. I think it is a game changer. I think it's a great, great solution. Now, next up, we have a question and let's read this question. Well, it's not really a question. It was a comment 
concerning one of my videos, I made a video about reading the crowd. It's a video that I made for DJ City, so you can check that out. Not on my channel, DJ TLM TV, but on DJ City TV on YouTube. It's about reading the crowd. One of the most important things when you're playing, especially when you're playing freestyle, you want to make sure you read the crowd, you read the room. So I received a suggestion from someone and the suggestion is, I saw one of your videos on reading the room. You should check out Vibelytics. It's a program that makes that process so much easier. Uh, it should be on the App Store. So I went to the App Store to check out Vibelytics. And first off, I was already skeptical because to me, there's nothing that's going to replace your own eyes and ears when it comes to reading the crowd. Um, and I, that, that's still the case with Vibelytics. It's not actually an app that's going to read the crowd because I was wondering like, wait a minute, there's an app that can read the crowd. How does that work? Are you going to have to have your phone pointed at the crowd? So the camera from your phone can like read the crowd. No, that's not what it is. It's just a solution that you could use, especially at like smaller parties or private parties where people can use the app to basically send you feedback while you're playing and uh, send you requests. So this could be a great tool if you're playing at like a private event and you're willing to take on requests. It could be very cool because people don't have to come to the booth and bother you. They could do that through the app. Now, you could say... The argument could be if people are sending you requests, they are basically sharing information about what they want and what they would like to hear. And that, in fact, would be a way to read the crowd, because if you're reading those requests, it tells you what the crowd wants to hear. Now, here's the big difference. When you're playing out and you throw on a new song, you look at the crowd and you listen. So when I bring in a new track, now not during the warm-up, then I'm not looking for oohs and ahs. I'm just trying to get a vibe going. So I'm looking to see if they're moving, smiling, and just having a good time. But when it gets more hype and I start to throw in bangers, I hope to achieve that wow factor, that 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 scream reaction. So you bring in a new track, throw it in, and the crowd gives you that cheer. If you get that cheer, that's a confirmation that they like that song. And of course, after that, you can see that they're dancing to it. They might be singing along, you name it. So you read the crowd to see how they react. If I throw in what I feel is a banger and I don't get that scream, okay, it might be a timid crowd. So I'll watch if they're still having a great time. If I see that the reaction is actually a bit of a letdown, that this is a song that's not hitting them the right way, then I know I have to take it into a different direction. That's reading the crowd. When it comes to requests, requests are never about that crowd. They're all about the individual. And any DJ who's been in this situation can tell you, a lot of times you'll receive requests that don't fit the vibe that's currently going on at all. I've had this happen so many times. I'm playing a certain genre or, or I've been playing a couple of genres that go well together for the last hour and a half. And then someone will come up to the DJ booth 
and request a song that's not only a totally different vibe, but it's actually a totally different genre that will not match at all with what I'm doing. Uh, and maybe I'm even playing at a party that has a concept where I'm supposed to play certain genres. But they'll hit you with a request that you know, if you play it, is going to totally mess up the vibe. So if you go off a request, that is a personal um, opinion. Someone who is only thinking about, hey, I'd like to hear this track right now because I like it. They're not thinking about the vibe of the room and you name it. So that's the tricky part with using requests as a way to read the room. Now, of course, let's say you're playing at a party. It's a private event. You got 200 people in there and they're using the app. And out of 200 people, you're getting like 75 requests for the same song. Then you know that a large portion of that crowd, not one person, would really like to hear that song. Now, even then, you still want to check to see if it's going to fit what you're currently playing. But that will give you an indication of what a large part of that crowd is into. So to break it down, I would not use an app to read the crowd. And currently, I don't think there is an app that can read the crowd for you. That's something you should do yourself. Uh, but for certain parties, events, I could see the advantage of having an app, maybe not even this one, but an app that can help you to take requests without people bothering you while you're playing. So um, if you're interested in that, uh, I haven't downloaded the app. I just read the information and that's what it told me, Vibelytics. Um so it could be interesting if you're a DJ who's into requests, but you would like to find a different way to do it. I know some DJs out there will just have like an actual pad and pen next to the DJ booth and people already know to just go there and write stuff down. So that way they're not bothering the DJ either. Um, so that's the more simple solution because then people don't have to download and install an app before they can ask you a request because I know a lot of people will probably not want to do that. <laughs> All right, let's go into the next one. Hey, DJ TLM, I hope you're good. I really like and appreciate your willingness to help DJs grow to be better. I'm willing to join the DJ industry. I dropped out of college. I would, um, I would if you advise me on the whole package for a DJ so that I can buy and get started. All right, so this person wants advice on how to get started, uh, the entire package. Well, when it comes to beginner DJs, if you wanna start DJing now, and you've never done this before, I suggest if you have a computer that you just start out with a DJ controller. It is the cheapest way to get into DJing. Now, why would I start there? Because you do not know for certain that this is something you really want to do for a long time. You might feel that way now, but if you've never actually done it before, you should really just start out on something that is not going to hit your pockets that hard. I've seen people make that mistake, make that mistake in the past. Uh, I used to work at a record store and we also sold equipment and I've seen fathers come in with their sons, 14 years old, and they would buy them like an entire CDJ set with a mixer, spend uh, an awful amount of money 
and then you would speak to that same person only a couple of months later and it turned out that the kid wasn't actually liking it that much and now they had to like sell it you have to sell that second hand now it still holds worth of course but you're gonna lose some money if you have to sell it second hand so there's great controllers out now that will cost you a couple hundred there are even cheapen controllers out there under a hundred dollars and in the near future i'm going to do a couple of videos to uh like show some of my favorite controllers under 100 under 200 uh, uh 300 you name it but for a couple of hundred you can get a controller that can help you to get started and can even last you quite some time because it has a lot of features already so all of the major brands have good entry-level controllers so you just have to do a little bit of research to see uh, which software looks the most appealing to you so are you going to go with serato are you going to go with record box are you going to go with tractor um algorithm dj dj pro is that something uh virtual dj and i'm even looking into um software now that's made by hercules now hercules is a brand that's been making dj controllers for a long time and they have their own dj software now i haven't used it but i currently have one of their better entry-level controllers here so as soon as i get a computer for that i'm gonna um, install that and see how that software works but all major brands have great entry-level controllers so just do a little bit of research and in most cases you can download a free version of the dj software uh that's not gonna have all the features but most likely you can do a lot just with your computer so you can see how the software looks because that is important if you for instance take a look at tractor and take a look at serato the look and feel is totally different and the one might appeal to you or look more basic easier to use than the other um but start out with a controller that is just the way to go it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg and you don't want to do that now if it's something you're really into and you've mastered the basics of course you can always look to expand and maybe at that time you're going to stick with controllers but you're going to take it up a notch and go for uh, um, a mid-tier controller or maybe one of the flagship controllers out there or you caught the bug and you feel like you want to switch and start doing it with turntables or maybe a controller with moving platters uh, or media players like CDJs or SE5000s. There's so many options, but make sure you don't spend too much money when you're first starting out. Next up, um, let's see what's the question right here. All right, we're going to stick with controllers. Uh, respect for all the knowledge you drop on us, but I got one quick question. How do I make the NS7 III feel like i'm using a 45 on a real turntable do i get a special slip mat or something because i've heard people say don't get it because it doesn't actually feel like a turntable stuck between getting that or a ddj 1000 with a real turntable to practice my scratching now that is an option you could go for uh, a great controller like a ddj 1000 which is still one of my favorite controllers with non-moving platters if you get the DDJ-1000, you're going to use it with Rekordbox DJ. If you get the DDJ-1000 SRT, you're going to use it with Serato. Um, in both cases, you're getting a great controller, but it has the normal jog wheels, so the platters do not move. 
they do have an option to just uh, use their auxiliary inputs and add a turntable and use that for scratching. But that is more bulky. Your setup is going to be a lot larger. And if you want to take that on the road to go to a party, you're going to have to pack a controller and a turntable. Um, so that's more work. I had or I actually still have the NS7. So not the three, not the two, the original, the NS7. I played with that for a long time. I toured with that for a long time. And I can honestly say that that definitely felt like a turntable. The only thing is you had the seven inch vinyl on top. So it wasn't the same feel as using a 12 inch because your piece of vinyl is smaller. But that feel definitely came the closest to uh, real vinyl that I had felt in a long, long time. Now, the Rain 12 came out in, of course, the, the last couple of years. That is a full 12-inch size. That really feels good as well. But I would honestly say that I don't know if a Rain 12 feels more like a turntable than the NS7 did. Um, there is a bit of a difference in the feel, and I guess that might come from the fact that the NS7 actually has a piece of vinyl on top, and the Rain 12 uses a different material. Um, the ones I have, it has sort of an acrylic type of material on top. Uh, I'm looking to get the different one, the different cover, the different top, because they have a newer one that has a different material with actual grooves in it, and I think it feels better. Um, but yes, an NS7 is a great solution if you want to have that all-in-one device, a controller with two players and a mixer built in with that turntable feel, then an NS7 is a great option. And the NS7 2 and 3 are actually way better than the first version because they have a lot more options, better buttons. My cue points on my NS7 uh, our small buttons with the two and three, you get the actual Akai pads, so a much better feel. They have the capacitive touch knobs. Um, it is still an incredible controller. Uh, the three has the screens on top. Uh, just thinking about that controller, it is actually an amazing controller. And if you want to have the controller advantage with the moving platters, it is still a super dope solution. Yes, let's move on. All right, I received this question, and this is about uh, a topic I wanted to talk about a while back, and I don't think I've addressed this ever since. So here's the question. I've been following your content for a while now, and superhero DJs caught my attention. If you're involved with it, I'm sure you trust the information being delivered on it. Uh, but is it worth the year subscription? So if you're not familiar with superhero DJs, superhero DJs is basically a website with DJ tutorials, but these are not your normal tutorials. So these are not tutorials to teach you how to DJ. This is all about DJ routines. So you have a lot of different DJs on that site and the DJs will show you one of their routines. And after that, they will explain how you can perform that routine. So if you're into things like you see at the Red Bull 3 style events, um, you're going to get a lot of DJs that actually are Red Bull 3 style uh, participants and champions showing you some of their routines and showing you how to do those routines. Now, in their first season, their beginning stage, 
I did one video, and in that video, I explained how I do my Michael Jackson to crisscross routine. Now, maybe you're already familiar with my Michael Jackson routine. It is still on my old channel, my DJ TLM channel. Um, uh, so you can check that out there. Now, later on, I kind of expanded that by going from the Michael Jackson part into uh, a crisscross part. But that is the only video that I made, the only tutorial that I made for superhero DJs. Um, at the time, I was contacted by my man, DJ Angelo. Now, anything Angelo is into, I'm definitely down with. That is one of the dopest uh, uh, DJs, tutorial DJs out there, real DJ as well. So I was happy to do it, and it was a fun experience. I recorded that tutorial at Angelo's house. Um, but the fact is, that is the only tutorial I've done for that site, and DJ Angelo is no longer part of that site, and since then, I have not been involved with that site at all. So, that's just something I want to have on the record, because I don't want people to think that they're going to find, like, more of my uh, material on there, or uh, that I'm endorsing that site in any way. Um, I know they used my... Um, uh, my image on like a, a special vinyl with all of the uh, teachers on there, but I'm not a teacher on superhero DJs. I did one tutorial for that website. Um, now, that being said, a lot of very dope DJs have added routines and tutorials to that site. So is there value? Yes, there's definitely value if you're looking for routine tutorials. Um, is it worth a year subscription? I honestly don't know. First off, I... I really don't know what their current prices are. I've not checked that. And um, I think it all depends on how many of these routines you actually want to uh, um, learn and use. Now, for some of you, this might be a great way to spark that own creativity um, by seeing how DJs perform their routines, having them break it down it will give you an insight into how certain things are done. Because when you're watching routines, it's not always easy to understand what exactly is happening, especially when DJs are also using like special edits. I know I've seen routines where I'm watching closely and I know a little bit about turntablism and mixing, you name it. And sometimes it would be even hard for me to actually see What's going on? Like, okay, what is actually edited? What is being done live? Um, I've had moments where I was lost. Like, okay, I'm not sure what just happened here. So tutorials like that can break it down for you, and they will give you a better insight into how these routines are actually done. So that could be valuable. I don't know if you need to do and watch tutorials like that all the time to get that idea. And I don't know how valuable it actually is to learn all of those other DJs routines. I mean, if you're planning to practice these routines and do them live, I, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, that's not even that dope. You should be doing your own routines and not perform other people's routines. But for practice purposes, uh, it could be a very good tool. So uh, I wanted to say long story short, but this is a long story long. I don't know if that's worth a year subscription and I did one tutorial and that was it. And I'm not affiliated with that site um, beyond that at all. Then I have a little question right here. 
And that question is, what do you think about this? So this is a person who sent me a couple of videos and in the videos, he's scratching. Then the question is, what do you think about this? I started yesterday with scratching and two months with DJing. Now, I'm not going to do a review here because that makes no sense because you're not seeing or hearing the scratches. Um, I just wanted to give some advice if you're currently just starting out. So this person started scratching yesterday. If you started yesterday, you should probably not be looking for feedback from veteran DJs. Because, I mean, I can honestly say like the scratching wasn't that good yet. And that makes sense. You only started yesterday. It would be amazing if you started scratching yesterday and you already had it on lock and everything was sounding great. That's most likely not going to happen. So I suggest if you're just starting out, you just start to practice the basics until you master those techniques and then add more techniques and add more techniques. There's plenty of tutorials online to start with the basics. Um, you can find them on DJTLM TV as well if you check my scratch tutorial series. Um, but you should not be looking for feedback when you're just starting out. Same with mixing. If you started practicing how to mix like a couple of weeks ago, you probably shouldn't be looking for uh, feedback from me yet. Unless I'm the one teaching you, of course, if someone's teaching you, then that person is also going to be the person giving you feedback if you're doing it right or not. But if you just started out just approaching other DJs like, hey, how does this sound? I don't know. I don't think it is the best idea. I suggest you just keep on practicing until you at least have an idea that you've mastered some of those basics. All right, let's keep it moving. So this is a question I receive a lot. Uh, the only thing is the equipment will be different. Now, for some of you who've been watching my videos longer or have listened to the podcast uh, before this, you already know what the answer is going to be that I'm about to give. But let me just start with the question. So if you have to choose a mixer, which one uh, would you choose, brother? Newmark Scratch or Tractor Z2? Since I'm planning to buy my own mixer, I'm really confused on this, brother. Hope you can help me. I haven't used the Newmark Scratch, so I can't give you an opinion about the Newmark Scratch. And I've used the Tractor Z2 once during, um, it was a DJ seminar, and they had like a big table with like uh, a portable turntables on there. Some people had different setups and there was a Z2 as well. I'd never used it before. So I took advantage of that and just uh, jumped behind it and had a couple of minutes with it. Um, I think it's a great mixer. If you're using Tractor, it is probably your best option because I feel if you're using Tractor, Using it with native instruments hardware is the best combination. I haven't had the best of luck using Tractor with other brands hardware. Most of the times it just didn't work out that well. So the Z2, uh, the fader felt great for scratching. And it has some nice features on there to help you control the software. And I've seen DJs do amazing routines with the Z2. Um, I'm not sure. I think the Z2 has um, maybe a couple more features than the Scratch, but 
I'm not sure. I'd have to see the Numar scratch again. But that is not my answer. My answer when it comes to choosing equipment is basically always the same. There's a couple of things you have to look at. What is it that you're looking for in a piece of equipment? So what is it that you need? So in your case, you're looking for a scratch mixer. That's obvious. So that eliminates a lot of mixers. And then there's going to be a couple mixers left. You have to take a look at your budget because some mixers will be out of your range or maybe you have unlimited budget and then you have all of the options to choose from. But for a lot of you, you probably do not have uh, like fifteen or $1,800 to spend. Um, so then that eliminates like a mixer or two. And then there's going to be like uh, uh, the mid-tier lower priced mixers. Um, some branches have their equipment priced at a lower price, but they're still delivering like quality equipment. But your budget will also dictate which direction you're going to look in. Now, if you look at a Newmark Scratch and a Tractor Z2, and I'm not looking at them right now, I'm not Googling either, so I'm not seeing them, but if you are looking at the information for both of these mixers, and that information can be found online, you can compare features and see what's different, and is that something that you would miss or would like to see on your mixer? So is it a two-channel mixer? Is it a four-channel mixer? Do you need four channels or are you only going to use two channels? Now, most scratch mixers will be two-channel mixers. Uh, I personally have a couple of four-channel mixers, but I hardly ever played with more than two channels when I'm out DJing. Um, does it have onboard effects or does it only control effects from your, from your DJ software? Um, which DJ software is the mixer made for and which DJ software are you using or would you like to use? Um, those are things to look at as well. Now, make sure you check out reviews online um, to see what's being said about that particular uh, mixer in this case. And make sure you check a couple of reviews from uh, trusted sources. So when it comes to reviews, I think the main guy in my eye is always uh, Mojax. Not because he's on DJ City, but I just love the way he breaks down his reviews. Uh, I haven't reviewed any of these. Uh, I always try to give my um, my best opinion when it comes to whatever equipment I have to hopefully share some information that's actually useful if you're planning to maybe buy something. Um, and then you have, um, what's the other ones? Let's see, you have uh, DJ Booth, Kareem always does reviews. Um, DJ Tech Tools doesn't do a lot of reviews anymore, I think, but maybe they do digital. DJ Sips might do reviews. Uh, just make sure you check some of these reviews out because that can help you out as well. Sometimes equipment has a downside that's not really obvious when you look at the web page and you just see the information. And then in the review, you all of a sudden hear that um, this or that is wrong with it. But you have to find out what's most suitable for you. Now, I, I'm going to flip it for a second because uh, it's still kind of weird because I don't really have experience with these mixers. I get a lot of questions about S9 versus 72. So the DJM S9 by Pioneer versus the Rain 72, both Serato mixers. And I have both of these mixers. And that is a question that I've received a hundred times like hey i'm looking at these two which one should i get 
Now, I have them both. That makes you believe that I could probably tell you like, hey, this one is better. But the fact is, uh, they are different. They have a lot of similarities, but they also have some things that are different. And for some, that means that one is the better choice. And for others, it means that the other is the better choice. Now, I know people hate it when I give that answer because you want me to just push you in that direction so you know what to buy and you don't have to go to the trouble to actually research more. You want that validation from me to tell you which one to get. But when it comes to like the S9 and Rain 72, they're both phenomenal mixers. I really love both of these mixers. Now, currently I'm using the Rain 72 more, but that's because I need to get something on my S9 fixed. The Rain 72 has a couple more features and those features are actually very nice. But I also really like the more simplistic approach of the S9. And don't get me wrong, it has a ton of features as well. Not as much as the 72, but it is in a way cleaner and less cluttered than a 72. So right here, I could not actually make the choice if you would tell me now like which one if you had to give one away and keep one and they're both still in top condition if that's the the, the circumstance i'm not sure which one i would um get rid of i've had way more time with pioneer mixers this is my first rain mixer so for some it's going to be the rain 72 because they've been in that rain family forever and uh, the, since the TTM 57 and Serato. And for me, I came from the DJM 909. So that S9 for me was like the perfect um, upgrade. And I really like that Pioneer feel. Fader wise, it's going to be hard for me to say which one is better. Um, so you're going to have to try that out for yourself in a lot of these cases. So go to an audio store as well and check out that Newmark Scratch and Tractor Z2 for yourself. If they're still available in the stores, I don't know about that Z2. It's a little bit older. Um, check out the reviews. Check out exactly which features are on there and which one you feel might be most suitable for you. That is the answer I'm going to give you each and every time. And I still hope it helps you out. All right. There's a quick question. What kind of headphones do you use slash recommend? Um, now, again... Not going to go through the recommendation story, uh, but when it comes to what I use, I use several different headphones. Uh, for me, one of the classics still would be the Sennheiser uh, HD25. That was probably my most beloved uh, pair of headphones. Uh, I currently haven't used it in a while because I can't find it. That's pretty weird, um, but that is the thing. So I hope it wasn't taken from me, uh, but I haven't seen it in some time. Then... I use the Pioneer headphones. Those are the Ace DJ 2000 Mark II. I believe I had the Mark I and now the Mark II. Um, those are the ones I currently use the most. And I also have, and I'm going to have to look that up again, uh, a set by Urban Ears. Not the most known brand for DJ headphones. Uh, this was a set that was given to me at Amsterdam Dance Event like five, six years ago. And I absolutely love them. They're not the best when it comes to like audio, but they kind of had that HD25 um, uh, form factor like the Sennheisers. 
but they had a very neat feature where the uh, the cable is detachable and one side of the cable is like your normal uh, 3.5 um, uh, uh, jack, like the normal big size headphone plug. And the other side of the cable is the small version. So you don't have like the adapter that you have to like twist off to get the smaller plug or put it on to have the bigger plug. No, one side you plug into one side of the headphones and then you have the, the, the big one, the big plug. Or if you want to use the small plug, then the big side goes into the other side of the headphones and then the small plug can be used. So that was just something that I really liked because back in the days, it has happened on occasion that I would bring my headphones and I had taken off that little uh, the, the plug because I was using the headphones for uh, a phone or something like that. And then I found out that I didn't have the plug with me. And I got to that gig, and for that mixer, you needed the big plug. Um, so that was a no-no. Nowadays, it's not really an issue anymore because most DJ mixers will actually give you dual headphone input, so you have the small and big plug, so it's not an issue anymore. But for a time, that was my go-to headphones because I just knew, like, I have to bring these. I don't have to worry about the plug. It's always good. And audio-wise, I mean, they were cool. They weren't the best, but they definitely were sufficient to get the job done. Um, there's a lot of DJs that use totally different headphones, uh, Sony headphones, uh, uh, what's the other one, V-Moda, um, I see people DJ with Beats, uh, then a lot of people are using in-ears now, so there's all sorts of things, um, that will work great, but, um, that's what I use, and currently it is the Pioneer HDJ 2000 Mark II special 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 edition because they were given to be uh given to me by pioneer and they have my name on it lasered in there so uh salute to pioneer for that one all right i have one last question and that's going to wrap it up for this uh special in between seasons episodes now the question is i want to get better with my scratching but i currently own a controller uh it's a pioneer sr2 I was thinking about upgrading the turntables, but I'm not sure if that will make it easier for me to learn how to scratch or if I just need to perfect my technique on a controller. I guess I don't want to spend 3K on turntables and get the same results I'm getting on a controller. If you think a controller is the way to go, can you point me in the direction of scratching classes for controllers? I'm also torn between Rain 12s and the PLX 1000. So first off, you do not have to spend 3K on a set of turntables. They are not that expensive unless you're looking to buy Technics uh, SL1200 newest version because they are priced at a ridiculously high price. Um, but you do not have to spend 3K on turntables. There's all sorts of turntables out there. I mean, a set of PLX1000s will not cost you 3000 at all. Well, let's start at the beginning. You want to get better at scratching. Now, if you want to do the basic techniques, you can definitely learn those techniques on a controller. That would work just fine. It is different than learning how to scratch on a turntable because scratching on a turntable is going to give you uh, an insight feeling-wise that you just can't get from a controller. But that does not take away from the fact that you can definitely learn how to scratch on a controller. 
if you want to take this to a next level and you're really thinking about turntablism, so you want to go beyond basic scratches and maybe you do not just want to scratch, but you also want to add um, uh, like some backspinning and juggles and you name it, then yes, the turntable is the way to go. So in any case, the turntable is the best tool to learn how to scratch, but you can definitely learn to scratch on a controller. So basic techniques can be done with that SR2, no problem. Now, if you do decide that you want to make the switch to turntables, um, you have a lot of different options. Uh, if you're torn between Rain 12s and a PLX 1000, that's not really the same thing because Rain 12s are controllers. And um, yes, they do have a similar feel to turntables, uh, but it's not the same thing, of course. One thing is with a real turntable, you always have the option to also actually play real vinyl. A, P, uh, a Rain 12 does not have that option. It is just a controller. You can't put a piece of vinyl on there and play it. So keep that in mind. If you have or are building a vinyl collection, uh, Rain 12 will not help you there. Then you're way better off getting turntables and um, either use them with a mixer that's ready for Serato or look at something like Phase. Now, PLX 1000 are great turntables. Uh, there's more out there. You got the VL12s by um, Denon. You got the Reloops, uh, the, the 7000 uh, Mark II and the 8000 Mark II. Um, there's a lot of different brands with dope turntables uh, out there, and they're not going to cost you 3K. So, yeah, I can't really help you when it comes to choosing between Rain 12s and PLX 1000s. Because that is a totally different scenario. I, I do want to add one thing to keep in mind. Even though Rain 12s are great, I really like them. You have to remember that clubs don't have Rain 12s. Maybe there's one or two clubs out there, but I haven't seen clubs yet with Rain 12s. So that means that anytime you're going to go out to play, you're going to have to bring your Rain 12s or you're going to have to fall back to um, a controller if they have a controller. If you practice on Rain 12s and you now have to go to that club and play on turntables, feeling-wise, it will be similar. But if they're just normal turntables and they have needles and you're not used to using needles, that could be tricky. But keep that in mind. Because if you have a turntable set at home and you're learning how to do it on turntables, and especially if you use it with something like Phase, um, you don't have to bring your turntables to a lot of venues. Sometimes they might not have them, um, but a lot of times they will. I do not have to bring turntables when I play in a club. They will have them there. Um, a lot of times they might be a little bit older and dusty because not a lot of DJs are using them. But now, especially with Phase, I don't have to worry about uh, any issues with that at all. So you have a ton of options, and I cannot tell you which way to go with it. Um, start basic scratches just with that controller. Uh, if you want to go deeper into scratching and turntablism, a turntable will be your best tool. And when it comes to the turntables, you have a ton of options. All right, so that's it for this special edition of the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. Uh, the one take edition, no edits on this one. So you're hearing it straight as it was recorded. Um, I hope it sounds well. I'm doing a little experiment right now. I'm using a microphone that I uh, actually bought years and years ago. This could be 
15 or more years ago. I'm not even sure. Uh, the MXL 990. And I haven't used it in ages. It's a condenser microphone. It's on a mic stand that during this episode has went down at least 10 inches. So I'm slumped all the way forward to make sure I'm still talking into the mic. Um, and I'm using a preamp that I haven't used before either. Uh, shout out to Brainpower, my bro, for uh, letting me use this one. That's um, his old mic preamp. Uh, just to see how this sounds. I'm actually recording this into my Zoom H5. So it sounds great listening through the preamp. That's how I'm monitoring myself. I hope it comes out well when it's recorded into that H, uh, H5. But I'll find out right after I end this episode. Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. Season 3 is coming soon. For all my videos, make sure you check out DJ TLM TV. Check me out on Instagram. I'm DJ TLM basically everywhere on social. So make sure you check me out. If you have questions, just send me an email, share the knowledge at djtlm.com or hit me uh, a DM on Instagram will work really well as well. Uh, that's it. And uh, I'll be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. <laughs>